0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've mentioned before I grew up in a town called Birmingham, Michigan. Birmingham, Michigan. So whenever stories that mention Birmingham, Michigan pop up in the news, they get my attention. And this one's pretty bizarre from the Department of Justice press release. Former Birmingham art dealer pleads guilty to $1.5 million fraud scheme. Now, The fraud scheme is actually rather straightforward. It's quite simple, what's happening here. But the elaborate stories that this woman told to her customers is where it gets fascinating. A former Birmingham, Michigan art dealer pleaded guilty to defrauding more than 10 customers who had entrusted her with a sale of their art of over $1.5 million dollars it was announced by the United States Attorney Don Eisen out of Detroit. Joining in the announcement was uh, the acting special agent in charge of the Detroit field office of the FBI and the chief of the Birmingham Police Department. I've mentioned also I used to drive a tow truck. I used to drive a tow truck, and I drove the tow truck for a gas station at 15 and Adams. The gas station is still there, but new owners. And um, we shared the contract with another towing company, to tow stuff for the Birmingham Police Department. So I actually worked periodically with the Birmingham Police Department towing wrecks in the middle of the night. Uh, The woman at question here is 58 years old. She pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud before U.S. District Judge Judith Levy. The crime arose from a multi-year scheme in which the woman received fine art photography prints on consignment, sold the artwork without the knowledge of the owner's, kept the profits for her own personal gain and continually deceived the owners about the status of their photographs. I have heard this story in so many different settings about people who put something on consignment with a person who sells stuff. It can be art, it can be cars, it can be antiques. I've heard of all kinds of things. And so you put something on consignment with somebody and you call them and go, hey, has it sold yet? No, it is not. A little while later, "Has it sold yet? No, it is not. You swing by the store unannounced and go, hey, where's my stuff? Where's my thing? Oh, I sold it this morning. I was just about to call you. Well, at least in that case, you might get your money. But what's worse is when they sell it, pocket the money, and then when you say, hey, where's my artwork, they've got some crazy excuse. Now, you might say, Steve, you use that word crazy a lot to describe things in this world. I'm starting to think that you don't get out enough. Oh, no. Oh, no. These stories that this woman used were crazy. According to the plea agreement beginning in approximately March of 2019 and continuing through October of 2022, the woman executed a scheme to defraud a number of her customers. The purpose of the scheme was for the woman to embezzle the proceeds from the sale of multiple fine art photographs that had been provided to her by her customers on a consignment basis. Throughout the scheme, she attempted to lull her victims into a false sense of security by offering excuses for her unwillingness or inability to promptly return the victim's photographs after the expiration of the operative consignment agreement. So she did not to sign a thing saying that, you know, I get six months to try to sell this. What, six months in a day, what happens? Shouldn't you get your stuff back if it hasn't sold? Well, her excuses consisted of, among other things, exaggerating the severity of her health problems, including, one, Claiming to have been in a coma. <laughs> I would have gotten back to you, but I was in a coma. I, I couldn't get back to you. I was, I was in a coma. Well, I tried calling you over a period of three weeks. Well, I was in a coma. Have you ever seen it on TV? Watch a soap opera. People are in comas all the time. Be glad I didn't get amnesia. Number two, she claimed to have received a double lung transplant. Hey, see, it's, it's, here's the thing. You might not understand this, but if you get a double lung transplant, they take out your old lungs and put in new lungs, which means that technically speaking, there's a period of time where you ain't got no lungs. I mean, there has to be, right? They take out your old lungs and they put in new lungs. Now, by new lungs, I mean they came from somebody else. They don't manufacture these things at the Chevrolet plant. <laughs> Remind me to bring that back up. Uh, So there might be machines and stuff they can hook you up to 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 keep all your vital organs going, but there is a brief period of time where they take out your old lungs and put in new lungs. I can't talk when I've got no lungs. Wait, I'm laying on an operating table, Beaumont Hospital, with no lungs, and you want me to call you and talk to you about your artwork. What kind of animal are you? In other instances, she told her victims that there was a lack of interest among potential purchasers, despite the fact she'd already sold the stuff. So she's downplaying her ability to sell things. She also created fake employee identities, which she used to correspond to their victims in a further effort to deceive them. So she'd send an email claiming to be somebody else who worked for her, who would confirm that, yes, lung transplant in a coma But nobody wants to buy your stuff. But you can't have it back yet for some mysterious reason. When she gets out of the coma, she'll talk to you. But calm down. In the plea agreement, she acknowledged defrauding more than 10 victims over the course of her scheme. She further admitted that at least one victim was vulnerable due to the victim's advanced age. According to court records, the government asserts that the losses associated with the scheme are at least $1.5 million. The uh, sentencing is set for December of this year. Uh, This defendant swindled numerous families out of valuable artwork and lied to them repeatedly in order to keep her fraud scheme afloat. She did this for no reason other than to line her own pockets at the expense of her victims, says U.S. Attorney Eisen. There's no place for this kind of criminal deceit in our community, and today's conviction holds this defendant accountable for her conduct. With today's plea, she's taken a first step towards accepting responsibility for her criminal behavior says the acting special agent in charge of the FBI Detroit office. FBI remains committed to investigating art fraud and to seeking justice for those affected by this type of scheme. So I read several versions of this story. I like the press release the best, but in one of the articles I saw, the allegation is that somebody brought a piece of artwork into her as a photograph and said, can you sell this for me? She says, yes, I can. So she puts it on consignment in her store. And for whatever reason, it's not selling the way she'd like it to. She then is alleged to have contacted another art gallery out west and said, I've got this photograph. Do you think you could sell it for me? And she led them to believe that she owned it. And this other art gallery says, yeah, we can sell it all day long. So she shipped it to them and they sold it and sent her the money as if she had consigned it with them and she was the owner. And then when the real owner showed up and goes, where's my artwork? Then it's the old (coughs) double lung transplant. Hang on, I think I'm going into a coma. So I (laughs) I just like the story because of the excuses she used and creating a fake assistant to confirm that what she's laying down is the truth. But again, double lung transplant and a coma which sounds like something a Smith might write a song about. But uh, a couple of days ago, I was talking about how many vendors supply parts to cars these days. And I, I, I was commenting on how um, in the old days, car companies made the bulk of the car themselves. Okay, And, and the question is, is, how much is that? And I had said they made everything back in the old days. Nowadays, they don't do that. And my statement of they made everything was obviously hyperbole. Um, Chevrolet did not make the air that goes in the tires. Chevrolet did not make the wiring, okay? Uh, Presumably, there's some company that makes wires. And so they did not make everything in the literal sense. Occasionally, I use hyperbole on this channel uh, because I'm trying to get a point across. And my point was simply that many people today that I've spoken to When I explain to them how many parts on the car are not made by the manufacturer, they're surprised. And I say, well, you understand that that's changed over the years. In the old days, the car companies made much more of the car themselves. And then today, vendors supply all kinds of stuff that they may have made themselves back in the day. But now some vendor comes along and goes, I can make a transmission for you. Give me your specs, and I'll sell you transmissions. And there was a time when the auto manufacturers made their own transmissions. Now, should I have said back in the old days they made everything, and now they don't? Eh, You know, I think most people got it. But but there are some people who are constantly looking out for statements. They go, oh, technically, that's wrong. Technically, that's wrong. And on a few occasions, I've made the statement in a video and realized while I'm making the video that I made the statement and my, I have a thought process. And you have to understand, while I'm talking to you right now, there's like four conversations going on in my head. And only one of them is coming out my mouth. <laughs> and one of them is I listen to everything I say and ask myself, is that appropriate or should I, should I rephrase that? And occasionally you'll see edits where I've decided to rephrase something. And once in a while, I will say something that I know will trigger somebody. And I'll think to myself, you know something, leave that one in. (laughs) It'll help keep your audience awake if once in a while somebody gets triggered out there. So I actually thought to myself, someone's going to go nuts because I said at one point in time, Chevrolet made everything in the car, now they don't. Um, Again, obviously, they never made everything in the car. But if you were to actually do the thing where you look at the content of the car and ask, what did they buy from other people versus what did they manufacture themselves in-house, and then compare that back in the old days, like the first year that Chevrolet was in business, and compare that to today, and you'll see the percentage has changed dramatically over time. But that explanation where I say things like the bulk of what they did and dramatically over time and percentages compared to percentages, it's not as impactful is simply saying, look, they used to make everything, now they don't. And I think most people would go, well, he doesn't literally mean 100% there. He's, he's using some hyperbole there to make a point. But, but if that upsets you, or you're a contrarian and you're upset by a lot of stuff, um, <laughs> I'm not going to change how I make my videos. But I might, I might from time to time, in the end of screen, if I think there's something in there that will definitely trigger people, and I know it, before I post the video, I'll post it in the credits right there along with Beware of Low-Flying Owls. So there you go. Former Birmingham art dealer pleads guilty to $1.5 million fraud scheme from the Department of Justice themselves. Questions or comments, put it below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Nothing is foolproof to a sufficiently talented fool.